Welcome to another edition of Trash Talk. I'm here with the man Pistol Pete Julian. I apologize for my nasally voice today because I feel like I am almost patient zero of coronavirus oh. at the moment. I've been coming down with it for a couple of days and it's starting to hit home now. Well, it's been nice knowing you. <laughs> but I, I would say a nice little Spanish opening. I like it. We're getting a bit cultured. Each I'm trying week. to move it around. I, yeah. I got sick of just sort of yelling and that sort of stuff, so I thought I'd mix it up. Well, let's go with what we're wearing for the audio listeners. We've last week you were dressed in a full kit, and I think first ever said, you know what, let's let's switch it up a little bit, and we've designed <laughs> these ourselves. And to be honest, I was pretty happy with with my one, but then I saw yours, and well, you've designed your own. Yeah, my one was obviously my email server had been Clintoned and hacked. And Pato, our resident partnership experts, has designed mine. So I I'm not actually, sure where it's actually, I've actually got Von Hofjahr on the back. That was why he heard the opening from joke. last week. Von Hofjahr? I actually like the, your colour scheme. I, I like it. The green on the number probably would have changed that. But I like the jerseys. Spiced it up a little bit. As you can see, you might have seen also our award for best podcast sitting in the middle of the table. We're off to a flyer and... W- what a crazy week it's been because it started before the final series. Well, what I'm wearing is not the biggest atrocity so far that has happened this week. And we'll start off with game one of the Sydney versus Melbourne series. Yeah. Because that, and for someone who came out and predicted that Melbourne would win, would rejuvenate themselves during this two-week break, which they appear to have done. They've have seven out of eight quarters and just they've wiped the floor with Sydney. To choke it off like that and do your best Greg Norman impersonation was absolutely Abysmal. This it should be over. This series should be over. Basically. It should be over. It sh- it should be done. Sydney should be gone out in straight sets for the second time in a row. How are you? Because you did predict that last week. So how are you feeling? I was annoyed. Eight you- minutes to go in the fourth quarter, though. How you are you? Take feeling? your prediction seriously. Like yeah. when you put your name to that sort of stuff. And I didn't just say it on this podcast. I said it on Fox Sports News. I said it on SEN. I was that confident that Melbourne were going to come out and win that game, which I'm still confident my prediction was in essence right. But credit to the Sydney Kings. <laughs> no, I was wrong. No, 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 but in essence. Oh, right. You've got to look up what the term in essence yeah. means. But credit to the Sydney Kings, and it's about where the credit stops. Yeah. But to come back like that, we, we talk about Melbourne fading out and all that sort of stuff, but for Sydney to rally in game one and win the game like that, that's why I was so disappointed with what happened in game two, which we'll touch on. But that was an amazing effort to go on that sort of run. Oh, it was huge. And we talk about big t- – Players stepping up in big moments. Didi Lazada hit a massive three. Huge. Casper did nothing all game. Hits a really big runner to get him down one, which then Didi hit the three. Held Melbourne to 11 points in the fourth. And everyone was coming, obviously, saying Dean Vickerman. You had Mello and Sean There were some weird subs bench. down the stretch. Now, I've been told Mello Trimble asked for a sub in the fourth quarter. So whether it's gas, how long you keep him out. Maybe Dean Vickerman's thinking, well, I've got guys who've been in before, Chris Golding, Dave Barlow, who, while Mello's getting this sub, can help out. They weren't having great games. So a lot of it didn't work. And then Cranston, Sydney just kept the foot on the throat and to come back. And to be honest, everyone was sitting there after that game saying, well, it's over. There's no way Melbourne... I thought there was no way that Melbourne would be able to bounce back from that because that is heartbreaking. Oh, unbelievable. Because not only, you say, not only were they like winning that game at the three-quarter time. They were dominating Sydney. in like They had their game plan down packed. They were doing everything to a T, and it was showing. They were had Shaley was gloving Casper all over the court. They made everything hard. Sean Tate was doing his thing, but no one else was really stepping up in the whole first three quarters. And Melbourne looked like a completely different team. Well, they did. They looked rattled. They looked shell-shocked. And, and when that happened, I went into that and heading into game two was I even refused to even predict the head-to-head because I wasn't sure how each team was going to react from that. Right. I chucked on a same game multi-set on that one. But look, I thought Sydney were going to roll through with that sort of confidence because 
you look at it two ways. It's how you bounce back from being rolled like that at the end mm. of the game. You can look at it as, okay, we won three quarters. We are far better for everything, all but six minutes. But you, it's, it's all one of those things where, in theory, it works. It's very hard to bounce back. Whereas Sydney have got all the momentum going into that game too. They're like, you know what? When we turn it on, we are completely and utterly dominant like they have been all season. Yeah. But now we go to game two. And Sydney didn't just lay an egg. They trailed by 58 points. To trail by 58 points in a game two of a rivalry series where you have talked it up all year, all this sort of back and forth saying, oh, we're the hoops capital, all this stuff, and then you lay that shit on the floor? I was, I was calling the game and I was actually speechless calling the game and what was happening. Because it was astounding. I just couldn't, nothing. It was unfathomable. I was like, what is going on? Everything, every shot Melbourne were hitting was going in and Sydney just seemed ratted on the offensive end. And you'd think you, you saw like a 15-0 run. You're like, okay, when's like the timeout coming? All this. 38-0 run. I've just never witnessed anything. like. And you say to be down 58 in a game two of a finals game. To be down 58 in a professional game at a any 40 point. 40-minute era. It is the 40-minute era. It's unbelievable. And if you go back and just watch the game, there's honestly there's there's not much you can say. Like you everyone was saying that Melbourne were going to be struggling mentally coming into this game and, and I interviewed Melo Trimble before the game and he said we lost game 1. They didn't beat us. We beat them for 3 quarters of the game, then yeah. we lost it. We weren't beaten. We know what we have to do. And I was like, oh, that's a pretty good mindset. Will it translate? What do yeah. you do if you're Sydney at this point? Because, okay, Melbourne right now are, are, are running fine. I have yeah. no issues with Melbourne whatsoever. Right now, they, look, you're up 58 points on the goddamn Kings, yeah. who are the best team in the competition. Are they that anymore? I'm not sure because what they presented there just completely throws out everything for the regular season between yeah. me. I don't even know what to think. Well, the, but it yeah. was such an anomaly that you almost – it's such an outlier to their usual performance. Yeah. Such an outlier where can, – can we even take it as – as you can see right now, I am speechless yeah. on how to describe that performance because there is something, it is something totally out of the ordinary that no one would have predicted. So I've had, we've been part of like both being pros and in college a couple of times in different seasons where a loss as bad as that, coach has gone, we're not watching it, that's just disgusting. Let's move on. Like I've had plenty of times like, you know what, we could break down the film, but I think you guys know how bad it was. Let's move forward. The good thing for Sydney is it's all it means is it's one and one. There's a game three. I think that we may see a tweak in the starting lineup, a tweak in the starting lineup change. I would Yeah, I think get them all think, out of it. I think Cooks will go to the bench and they'll bring Newells back. Because you watch the way Melbourne's playing defense, who are, they're helping off Cooks big time. He hasn't hit a three in a long time. Yeah, well, Cooks and Deshaun Tate are the ones that they're playing off yeah. and letting them shoot. Deshaun Tate, Deshaun Tate in game one. Dominate, yeah. Hurt him. But you, you, you go by the stats and you're saying, well, that's the scout. We want him to keep shooting that. And when you keep helping off... Not enough has been said. I tweeted something this morning. Like the stats will be Sean Long, Melo Trimble. Shea Illy has been the best player for Melbourne United in the first two games. He's footy tagging Casper. Yeah. You watch, as soon as that ball goes up or something, he's running directly to Casper full court and just gloving him. Not letting him get a space. He's making Casper look like a joke right now. Casper is a shell of his regular season right. self. And not, but not only what he's doing on that, because then when he goes off, Mitch McCarron's energy is up and about because Shea's done well to go and do the same thing. Shaley gets random tips on O-boards. He's taking charges on guys when he shouldn't even be in the play, even if a couple of blocks. If you're a teammate and seeing this dude take three attempted charges from nowhere, you're just like, 
how can you not be jumping on that contagious energy? So it's like he has been unreal. He's going to be a massive factor in game three because you've got to expect that Casper's going to come out and, and try and do something different to, to combat this because they the Kings need Casper. They need well. They've proved that they need more yeah. than Casper right now. And we talk about Casper being that sort of guy that needs to fire up, and of course he does. Yeah. But I've I've said all year that Casper sometimes he gets a lot of credit for being a clutch player and this sort of stuff. I still don't see it. He wasn't amazing in the final series for Melbourne when he played there, and he's been completely lackluster now. Now, do I have the confidence that he can turn that around in Game Three? Yes, I reckon he is a good enough player to do that. But the player for me in this Game 3 series that needs to lead, because right now it's not just an on-court performance, making shots making shots, sort of thing for Sydney. It is much deeper than that, Mm. is Tate. Tate is the energy. He is the spiritual leader of that team. He needs to come out there, and I don't know whether it's he needs to flatten someone at the start of the game, but he needs to send a message to that team that what they dished up, and they don't need to be told that what they dished up was deplorable. I was annoyed because I sent my dad and my brother to the game. Got them tickets to go to the game. And they go and see that shit and this is the NBL? <laughs> this is what you watch and this is what you talk about all the time? That's embarrassing. It was embarrassing for Melbourne to put on a game like that and have everyone come to this game and Sydney dish that shit up. There's so many levels to this, but Tate needs to come out because for me, Casper's going to get his buckets and whatnot. But Tate does it on both ends and he needs to come out. And whether or not, I'm not condoning violence here. I'm just saying you need to flatten someone on a box out, hit rattle someone on a screen, do something to keep your team within this series and take them to a grand final. Because if Tate doesn't come out and really set the scene, so you're done and dust. It's funny you mentioned the, like, uh, hitting someone because that was kind of the way championship year when we won 2018, two guys on our team who, if things weren't going our way, would do something overly physical, not to try and hurt someone, but just to try and... No, it's a hard screen, something, something And then you get nature. the other team, you have, maybe you get a bit of face-to-face and it changes the how the series is going. Ty Wesley and David Anderson, both of them are renowned for it. If yeah. Something goes wrong. They just want to be big bruisers, go in there and do it. So I think you're right in that regard. But I also think if Tate can step up, even Kevin Lish, whether he's still trying to get his feet or he's still a little injured, someone to else to take a scoring load off Casper. Because you're right, they're relying on Casper. If someone else can just be that guy in the first few minutes, because Shaley's going to go to him again, do the exact same thing. If he, Their issues aren't on offense. No, Let's but if he feels that. like if he has the pressure of, oh, I need to try and do this, someone has to help take the pressure off their superstar point guard. And it's all through the roster. We talk about their depth. It's all through the roster. But do you throw everyone out there and say, okay, everybody go and try and save or do you just pick a select few like you're saying Tate Lazada uh, well, you, need, you, need, you need someone where it's natural and that and is and it them, is just Sean Tate. Tate yeah just Sean Tate is the spiritual guy he's the guy that's going to be flexing sort of like what Cam Oliver is for Cairns he needs to bring that in game three but I'm going to jump into the defensive Will Weaver over something he said during the press conference after the game he spoke on the incident between I believe it was Mitch McCarron and Deshaun Tate yeah with the kick yeah. And that sort of thing. And, and a couple of people said he was complaining about the ref calls on that one. He goes, they got hit twice. McCarron hit Tate twice and then Tate sort of kicked back. That isn't what I took from what he was saying. Right. What he was saying is it's a, final, it's a final series. You get hit, you punch back. So everyone's got a plan to get punched. Tate let McCarron hit him twice while pretty much doing nothing and then did a little kick back. Yeah. You've got to come harder than that. You can't let McCarron on the block push you around like that. And that's what I reckon Will Weaver was sort of hinting at saying that they need that toughness. This is finals basketball. They're not looking for bailouts from the refs. And there was, there was a couple of bailout comments from certain coaches, and I'm not going to go into that one because it's not my place to talk about it, but Will Weaver wasn't one of them. And, and I have the utmost confidence that he can work out something. That's why this was such an outlier 
If they had a loss by 15, I would have said, damn, this is Melbourne have just completely got their number. But there's something about an outlier like this that it, 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 it plays differently in a series nature. Can they recover from it? I don't think so. I'm taking Melbourne in game three. But I still trust that Will Weavers. We're not going to see that again. I'm I'm that confident to say that it is it is going to be a game that goes down to the wire. Yeah, it's definitely. I I don't think we'll see a blowout, and I think Sydney will turn it around for sure. They're not going to dish up that performance again. But it's almost like Melbourne where they're at now because people are like, oh, it's one and one. Melbourne choked, as you said. Like Melbourne have won seven out of eight quarters. They've dominated seven out of eight quarters. They were up yeah. sixteen in the fourth. And then had a shit six minutes. Like they played a bad six minutes in this series. This that's series, it. but in the rest, they've figured everything out. They're going to roll in with ultra confidence. So it's about the Kings. Is now the time? Let's just switch something up. See what works. Let's come in. I will venture to say that place is going to be packed. They're going to be rocking because Melbourne Arena was loud as everyone was loving last night. Because as we said, this is the rivalry we all wanted to see. Yeah. We want to see this come down to the wire. We want to see a game winner. Oh yeah, I don't want to see a yeah. fifty-eight point. No one there wants to see. A and I think I think win. we'll see a different Sydney Kings attitude. You know, I think we're going to see a it lot. Was a part of me that enjoyed it. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's just me. I'm also looking at this for certain reasons. As part of me enjoyed it. And bef- and again, I'm going to digress again here. A couple of comments on Twitter talking about media bias and this sort of stuff. I'm going to go in and defend myself on this one. Okay. Because I am not paid a cent from the NBL. I do not work for the NBL. I do not work for the league. I work for Sportsbet. I'm a sports bet employee who happens to do some NBL stuff here. I can say whatever I want about whoever I want, as long as it still stays within the grounds of being respectful, which it always does. But don't come at me saying that I, I need to have this sort of non-bias. I could wear a I don't support Melbourne United. I don't support anyone in this league. If there's anyone that I support, it's the type ends. Because I've, I've I have a great relationship with Jamie O'Loughlin, Mike Kelly. I reckon they're two of the best coaches in the league. I have an, a, a deep-lying respect for them as human beings. Mirko Jarek, guys like that. I, I love the Taipans. So if you want to know who I support, if I go to a game and two teams are playing and I actively want one team to beat the other, I'm probably going to go for the Taipans. So don't say Melbourne bias or whatever this is because I can go for whoever the hell I want. I'm a supporter who wants to voice his opinion as well. So I'm just going to say that before anyone jumps on Twitter and says, oh, you need to be unbiased. No, I don't. You are talking to the wrong person. No, I don't. I can be as biased as I damn well please. Whew. I like it. Oof. Fair enough. And, and what are you talking about, Cairns? Do you want to jump on? Because I don't, I don't need to come. Oh, that was great. Well, Cairns versus Perth coming to game three. Yeah. I just said that. Do I want Cairns to win this series? Yes, I do. Do I think they'll win this series? No. I think the Perth in game three in the jungle is so, so hard to beat. And you're also... An incredibly brave man That's a, to ever bet against the Wildcats. How many times have Perth put us in this situation where, to be honest... Many a time. I, like, again, Cairns dominated that first game as well. And then a guy who, I don't know if people have heard of him, Bryce Cotton decided just to... I think I've heard of him. Not bad. He's all right. He does well. But just dominated. 42 in the overtime game. But the, Cairns had that one again. Cairns and Melbourne have both dominated these series. But again... You, you're an absolute fool if you'd want to go against the Perth Wildcats because they prove once and time over and over and over how good they are in big situations. So you're going to expect Bryce. He's going to do his thing. I wouldn't mind seeing a bit more from Tariqo White. I think he's been... Yeah, well, Tariqo White looks a little bit... The same sort of things that we've seen from Bogut, that sort of yeah. look of disinterest and that sort of stuff. And I think Bogut, it could be because that back injury is playing up a little bit more than right. we, we have been led to believe. And I think with Tariqo as well, still be maybe a little bit of injury concern there, but it's that sort of disinterested look and sometimes yeah. for a player when they are coming in with an injury concern they've got something that's where their mind is yeah right their mind is on their calf back whatever it be their knee 
That's where their focus is. Okay, I can't blow this thing out. I and, can't pop this. But they're going to need. They're going to need Tariko on Thursday because Plumley hasn't been who everyone thought he was except for one game. No, and I, and I get the feeling where those going to touch on Plumley oh, as okay. well a little okay. bit later. So okay. I'll leave that for the okay. great man to dissect. But anyway, but, before we, there's, there's not a huge amount to talk about with Perth versus Cairns because all the drama. And they, it's been a completely out of the ordinary setup with Sydney and Melbourne. But Perth versus Cairns looks like it's just been two great games of basketball mm. and what is going to be a fantastic game three. Thursday night could lead into being one of the biggest nights in the history of the NBL. Oh, I can't when wait. We talk about where the league's at from a viewership standpoint, a social interaction standpoint. We've got two massive game threes on Thursday, and I cannot wait. It's going to be unreal. But just the crowd, I want to touch on like the Cairns Convention Center. It was rock. Like those. What they've done at Cairns, like, it's a feel-good story, but you're right. Like, I love watching Cairns play. If Cairns won, everyone would be ha- It's a win for everyone. Everyone will be so happy. Oh, I reckon there's about 15,000 people in the jungle that wouldn't be too happy. Oh, well, sorry. Yeah, but as, <laughs> as NBL fans, as people who are yeah. like, everybody, if you're not a fan of the team they're playing, everyone loves Cairns. And it, I think it's going to be an incredible game. And whoever wins truly is deserved. Like, it's unreal. They've had great seasons. No, it's going to be great. It's the fairy tale versus the what do you, what do you call something that's just been happening every year? Fairy tale versus consistent tale. Versed annoyingly good. Annoyingly good. That's the one. <laughs> anyway, in play or out of bounds, Joey Wright. Now, this oh. this saga has taken so many turns, and unfortunately, we can only record every Tuesday, so we're a little late to the punch. Mm. But, look, I've come out on Twitter and said that there's two sides to this. There is. I do not condone at all, in any sense, what Joey Wright said. I'm also not a fan of group messages being screenshotted and spread out to the public. Mm. What I thought should have happened... And whether it did, I don't know. Kevin White's a good man. There's no denying that. Kevin White is a great guy. I've met met him before. I've never heard a bad word about Kevin White. I've heard a whole bunch of things about Joey Wright, but I've never heard a bad word about Kevin Wright, and I still stand to believe that. But in my opinion, instead of screenshotting a group message and taking it to Twitter in the public, which in the end as well hurts Kevin White and his playing career. That's just the, the facts of it. It's very tough to, whether it be to get another job at another place, obviously Adelaide are going to be like, well, what the fuck? You've just thrown this organization into disarray. It's going to be very tough for him to get a gig at Adelaide anywhere else. I'm not sure what happens from here on out for I Kevin another, I think he's got another year at Adelaide. Well, we'll see what happens. Yeah, exactly. We'll see yeah. what happens in that department. But you take that either directly to the organization with that photo, you take it directly to Joey Wright, and you say, hey, stop dragging us through the mud. Because Joey Wright started this. Joey Wright started this by dragging his players, going on a media circus, dragging Jerome Randall, Griffin. Griffin, Harry Ramon, Frolling. Ramon. Ramon Moore, who his post on social media was my favourite out of yeah. all of them. I thought that was the right way to go about it instead of the screenshotting of a group message. I, my, I, as bad as it all was, like it was to see, you're right, a professional. I grew up in Adelaide. I followed the Sixers yeah. growing up. This was so much deeper than that day or two. Like this was a season spending thing. Joey came out and said these little issues started in preseason. But with so many, what the, People, players came out and Joey came out and said, like, this stuff was stemming back and forth throughout the season. Where was someone putting their hand up during at any point when they thought it might have got too bad to say, this has, someone has to step in here to help us or help this because it's getting real bad? Like, players' welfare, coaches' welfare, all this kind of stuff. When certain things are said or certain things are happening, where is someone from the Sixers stepping in and saying, this is it? Or as a player, this is what. I, I, I want to go out to all the players. 
We have the Players Association in the NBL who are terrific with everything that you job. need. If you're part of a team or an organization or even if there's fans or something and you feel like your voice is being shut down, you have can't help yourself in any regard, pick up the phone and call Jacob Holmes, Peter Gibbs, they are the best people to talk to. They will be able to help you in a situation where you don't have to speak if you don't want. But if you need it in any regard, this goes for anything in the NBA. We're going to get on a lot more too. Reach out to them. They will help you. And I hope more people do because that would have been solved with internally and no one else had to see it because it is the ugliest story we've seen all week. This could not have been handled worse from both sides. Joey Wright starting it off with this media tirade of it's these guys' fault. Which, First of all, as, as a head coach who's looking to go into other jobs, throwing your players under the bus is a bad look. Yeah. For a player, throwing your coach under the bus is a bad look. But at the end of the day, there is no, there's no excuse you can make for Joey Wright's comments. No. No excuse. No. You, and, rightly, and rightly so. I hear there's been things that have gone down the track, whether it's costing opportunities down the road. Then if, if you're a director of basketball at a college program, wherever it be, you're looking at that sort of stuff and you're saying, yeah, we're probably going to go in maybe a different direction. Yeah. But that's up to them for decide. That, that, that's not on us. Yeah, it's just, it's, you're right. There's nothing to – it's disgusting is what it is. Like, it's a disgusting comment, but I'll tell you what I want to see. The rest of that group message. That, this because is, he makes that comment. Where's everyone denouncing it there? That's because we my, talk that's about exactly, oh, how dare this guy come out and say this. I want to see the other comments. That's exactly There's what, a reason yeah. that screenshot was cut off right there because there's no other comments I can almost guarantee you denouncing what was said within that entire group chat. So you are guilty by association yep. in that coach's group chat by not denouncing that. That's if you're going to get on your moral yeah. high horse and start saying, oh, how dare Joey Wright say this? Well, let's get everyone else's stuff. Let's and see what else they've said in these group messages. We've got to tell you what, yep. a lot of the stuff that I've said in group messages, I've never, I can honestly say, and I haven't talked about people who I'm under control of their welfare in that matter, yeah. but I've said some vile shit. Everyone, Everyone has. has. Everyone has. It's what you do in group messages and do I condone it? No, it's terrible, but it's just part of society and what happened. That, there's, a, there's a flatline trust with your mates where sometimes you delve into topics that you shouldn't. And that's not what happened in this, in this Joe Wright situation. That's a well-being issue. Right. That, that's the issue. It's a well-being issue where he has just shown a flatline lack of care and dangerous lack of care for the well-being of his players. But it's also, I want to see the rest of those messages and who in that group message was condoning it, who sent back ha-ha, who sent back whatever because you are guilty by association and you were leaving this bloke out to dry. And that's exactly what my thought. Whoever screenshotted it and from there, you're exactly right. It has to be squashed that moment because Joey didn't yep. wake up and think that comment. This is this happened all throughout the year. As soon as it gets to a line that you personally draw, everyone has their own lines they draw. That's where you shut it down. That's where you get someone else involved. I, this is what I was saying. I agree with you heaps. And we, at the end of all that discussion, the last thing we leave on that is that we do not condone at all no. what Joey Rudd said in that group no. message. Disgusting words. Do not condone it at all. But anyway, talking about words, cool. it's time to jump in with the great man in Bunbury, Mark Worthington. G'day, guys. Well, the easy pot shot would be the Sydney Kings and their insipid performance versus Melbourne United, but I'm pretty sure you guys would have covered that already. I'm going to turn our attention out west to Miles Plumley and the Perth Wildcats. When he was signed to replace Dario Hunt, this was heralded as the championship-winning move that would get the Perth Wildcats across the line. Since arriving on our shores, he has played one good game. He's shown an inability to adapt to the style of play of the NBL and the referees. The Perth Wildcats, they made their championship on building their game from the inside out last season through Angus Brandt. 
He was able to make one-on-one moves that would collapse defences and allow that Bryce Cotton and Tariko White to get more open shots. They've had to resort to small ball in this uh, semi-final matchup versus the Cairns Taipans due to Plumlee's inability to be able to guard Cam Oliver. Oliver going for two near 2020 games to start off this series has highlighted the issue of Miles Plumlee coming to the NBL. Yes, he was able he'll be able to combat Andrew Bogut and Sean Long. That's what they were talking about. But Cam Oliver is showing us why he should have been a first all NBL team this year. If the Perth Wildcats get zero production from Miles Plumlee in game three, they will lose this series to the Cairns Taipans. The Taipans are showing no fear. And for Cam Oliver, he doesn't care who's in front of him at the moment at the Wildcats. What are you guys' thoughts on Miles Plumlee and his lack of production so far since arriving in the NBL? Well, I'd already tried to touch on him. And... Well, I'll jump on this first yep. because Miles Plumlee, I, I think we've got to come out and have, be realistic with the expectations for Miles Plumlee. He had one good game, or he has had one good game so far. Has he been a, a added, you know, a, an asset to the Perth Wildcats? Yes. Has he been better than Dario Hunt? Yes. yes, in my yes. opinion, he has. He's yeah. been better than Dario Hunt as an upgrade. He seems like a great dude. And I'm not saying Dario Hunt wasn't potentially yeah, a great yeah. dude. I heard, no, he sort of just flew under the radar. But no, I think Miles Plumley has been an asset. It's very tough in this series coming up against Cam Oliver. When Jawai's on the floor, it's a little bit different. But Cam Oliver is a horror matchup for a guy like Plumley. Yeah, it's, it's also like the perfect matchup right now would be Bogut versus Plumley and Long versus Oliver because they're both. Two athletes and, and two older guys. Plumley, you're right, had one good game. I'm interested in where his head's at as well because he's still getting paid all right from the Grizz. So it's almost like, are you fully invested in like everything to try and make sure? Because he was coming already on holiday, wasn't he? When he signed? yeah, he was over here on holiday. Not like it's one of the weirdest sort of yeah. acquisitions of a player I've ever seen. And credit to the Perth Wildcats, they 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 found a way to get it done. He was coming on holiday, had a rough run with his career with injuries and that sort of stuff. He was getting to the point. Went over to Europe. A lot, a lot of European horror stories that seem to have gone that way. And he's come over here just to go on holiday. And then he said, you know what? I want to win a championship. Maybe he doesn't play after this year. We don't know, but he wants to go out with a championship. Yeah, and. I don't know if he's been used right in get because it takes big imports a while to get accustomed to the way that we play in the NBL. I don't think he's been given enough time, like in games. Like he's had enough games to be there, yep. but he's only played like 18, 20 minutes. I think the only one he didn't was when he dominated. But other than that, every time he struggled, it's almost like, all right, we'll sit down for the game. Like you're not figuring this one out rather than trying to work through it, which you do over the course of a season. Yep. So I don't know whether it's too little too late to try and get him going because you'd think after Cam Oliver almost goes to 20 and 20, something changes in game two. And Cam Oliver just said, nah, I'm going to go again. Like, <laughs> well, he's, he's dominated Perth all year. Yeah. Just like Nick Cage and Tariko not- White have had a huge yeah. amount of success over Perth. Well, there's- and that's where they're struggling because yeah. Tariko White coming off his injury just isn't bringing it at the moment. And when Bryce Cotton doesn't bring it, that's where you live. And, and a- getting triple teamed, it's very hard to bring There's it. another one who we didn't take- talk about when we talked about the game one. Nick Cage was huge. Well, Nick Cage is going to be a massive – as what we talked about, Bryce Cotton on Thursday night, Nick Cage is going to have a massive part to say. But you know who else is? Jesse Wagstaff. That O board he got in game one. Because I remember, oh, that old, remember when Greg Hire almost won him a championship off his own bat. Exactly this is what happens right. when you build your club yes. off retention. I was going to bring up Greg Hire's. I still got nightmares of that man just getting every O board. Yeah. Wagstaff will do it. Those people who have been there and done that before. But yeah, they need something from. They need 20 solid minutes from Plumley. Doesn't have to give a double double, just 20 solid minutes. 
Use your 5,000 on Cam Oliver. Something. That, if that's all it is, using your 5,000, that's all it is. But anyway, it's time for hot and cold. Bogut. Seen him sort of lugging up and down the court so far. There's been a little bit of talk about how long he's going to continue going. Is this his final year in the NBL? Is he going to go out on a potential Olympics and leave it there? I think it was by the start of the season I was calling that I think that he's probably done after this. Yeah. Unless he plays a real limited role, but why would you put your but body all, through it? It's also for me, you look at the, the, the amount of basketball this guy has played. Yeah, mental. This guy is one of the best resumes in mm. the history of Australian basketball. Do not let this one... Or these two couple of bad games at the end of his career. Oh, no, God That's no. what I hate people saying, oh, Bogut's washed. He's not washed up. He's 35 years old. He went from... Seven <laughs> foot. He went he's had a back <laughs> injury. He's had some shocking injuries over his career. Yeah. Many guys wouldn't be even playing at this point. He's, and he's yeah. still able to put in, be one of the best defensive players in the NBL. His age, and then last year had a full NBL season, first one. Then went to Golden State. Then went to the World Cup. This man, he's not 21 coming out of college. Like, man. But I think it is. I don't know how you answer these hot and colds anymore, but Bogut final year, I think it's, <laughs> I think it's hot. I think it is it's his hot. final year. But I think I hot. said that I was going to say that at the start of the year just because I think another guy who I think he's got bigger things to do than he's already a tremendous career when he's done. I think he's going to be awesome oh, the, the, for the game. There's oh. no doubt Bogut is a smart guy. And I'll tell you what I'm most looking forward to when Bogut isn't a part of a professional sporting organization is his Twitter feed. Oh, yeah. that dude is just going to come for I actually, I actually feel sorry for the lines who like, don't, he's blocked and stuff because you miss out on some gold. You miss out on some great. There's, there's one, one of the best Twitter feeds is that one. That one and the Perth Bandits also tweeting out that the, 30, the, the uh, Sydney mm. Kings defense was leaking more than a 36ers group chat is one of the best tweets we've had all year. Yeah, it's, it's up there. It's up there. Anyway, hot or cold, Adam Ford to be the next coach of Adelaide. Have you heard something about this? I've heard some. Oh, some well, his name's been thrown. He's, Adam, Ford's, Adam Ford's a great coach. And his name has been thrown out in almost every vacant position for a while now. Well, the last time I heard his name brought up was when you said that he was me. Yeah, I actually... <laughs> <laughs> he looks exactly like you. I, I disagree with that. Not really. It's actually not too bad. But I wouldn't mind that. Another one who's got enough credentials see, to, to give, be given the chance. He's got the credentials. He's got enough people backing him up. And you see Longley just sort of hanging around that... that uh, Oh, Sydney program a little bit. He's in the culture he's, side. He's of in it, the though. culture yeah. side of it, but you never know. Maybe they, they can see the writing on the wall. Maybe Longley moves into an assistant coach position with the Kings. Where's Manny Nilsson? Move on. Manny Nilsson's over in the NBA. He's not leaving there. Okay, he's not leaving the NBA for an NBA. So hold a, I haven't heard anything about it, but I'm gonna, I would I like. And it's not as much if we heard stuff about it, but do I think it's the right move? Because I that's think what if I'm you, get say, a, yeah. you give a coach, a young coach the chance to build a team and sign guys where applicable, but sign guys around his style of basketball, you can start to build a culture. Okay. Are Adelaide in that position to do so after the last couple of years? With a, with a totally new coach, you can. I think if you move up, I think it's Kevin, the assistant. It's a tough one for me. Do I think he's capable of being a, being a head coach? Yes. Do I think right now with everything that's gone on within the coaches group chat and that sort of stuff? Maybe not. I think that you have to go with a totally new guy, yeah. young guy where you're saying, look, this is a new Totally new franchise. Even Jeff Van Groningen came in just last year. Yeah. So he's sort of come into this situation. You never know. Like I can't. Th- I'm not throwing him under the bus with what's going on. I think Van Groningen still has potential to turn this thing around. But you need to come in with a new. I young think. Coach. I think you definitely bring in an outsider. But it's whether you go down a young coach to try and build a program over the years, or you bring in an already established coach somewhere who the we all Rob know, Beveridge, Rob Beveridge, Liam Flynn, to come in and yeah. bring in a team that's going to compete for the championship next yeah. year. 
which way, I don't know. I feel like the Adelaide fans deserve to be in a... The Adelaide fans deserve so much more. That's my point. So that I, do you give them a young team, young coach, say, work with us for a couple of years? It doesn't have to be a young team. It does not have to be a young team. I just want a coach with his own philosophies coming in that hasn't been tested at a head coach level before, build his own thing up. And I know it's a little bit risky, but right now you're starting from absolute rock bottom. Brett Brown. Brett Brown, yeah. Maybe take him off the Boomers job, give the Boomers job to Will Weaver. But then where's my argument gone? They just go down by 58 points yeah. <laughs> Social media backlash for players. Now, I'm not even going to ask you whether this one is hot or cold because it is freezing cold. But what are your thoughts on the last... A couple of messages have been posted both to Mellow Trimble. I believe the other one was, Kings to, it was to a Kings player. Yeah. It's, it's sickening is what it is because we've both been professional athletes, both things. It's so sad that people can think that they people think they're entitled to be able to have these disgusting slurs to players in DMs. Most of them hide behind troll accounts, but some people use their real accounts to let these people know for whatever reason. It's all well and good to have your feelings and be passionate about a team and a player, but to start talking about death, to start bringing in families. When I when we played against Illawarra last year, I remember coming back. I missed two free throws in the four overtime game at the end for sitting for like an hour. Yeah. Not only did someone have ripping up my phone with death threats they contacted my fiance's twin sister thinking it was her wishing the same on her like where that's where the line's drawn as athletes i'm sure every athlete will say come at me personally i had a bad game i'll deal with it don't bring family involved it's disgusting getting anything else involved and it's why it's even disgusting i can't fathom sending it to a player even without involving their family but you know what it's the hard thing is right now, and you look at Greg Heyer as a guy that's on the front lines of mental health and sort of, you know, representing NBL players, not as like an agency sort of thing, but just as he, he gets on the front foot and fights for NBL players quite a lot on social media, especially and off the court. But he's one of the guys where they've got to get a group of guys together. Jacob Holmes adds as an extension of the Players, players Association. But it's a very hard thing to stop. It, it will never stop. the racism issues that yeah. goes on in the AFL. It's never done from someone's actual account. No. It's done from a fake burner account. So there's really nothing you can do to stop it, which is the hard thing. And I know people are calling to, to make ways of stopping this. And I know the, someone involved with the Kings got out the bow an hour and probably did <laughs> reach for the longest bow possible in trying to find a reason for it, which was wrong in my opinion. But there's... It, if someone can present an idea as to how you can possibly stop this stuff, I saw someone. For it. But someone, in my opinion, yeah. you just can't stop it. it. It's the age we live in. Like you can't stop someone from physically saying someone on the, something on the street. You can't stop someone from physically sending something from a private account. And the hard thing is, like people got to realize, like fans got to realize, athletes, pro athletes in any sport are humans first. They are people. They have emotions. They have feelings. They're just playing a sport as a job. You are not entitled to be giving them death threats and stuff because I guarantee those people who messaged whoever the Kings player was and messaged Melo Trimble, if they see them in person, they want a picture and they want an autograph. But it's because they yeah. hide behind it's their cowardice. phone. It's it is cowardice. cowardice. It's disgusting. But just remember, these people are humans, man. Like People have feelings. Yeah, but that's the thing. They don't care. No, they I don't know. care. That, that's, that's, no, that's, that's just hard. my, don't that's my yeah, plea yeah. to go out there and say... Yeah, but we can plea. It's like the I thoughts think and prayers someone tweeted, shooting in the States. Someone tweeted the only way that it will ever stop, because I don't think it will, is to have every social media account and you have to verify your driver's license and your name is on. You yeah, can't, which I'm 100% You for. can't make anything. Yeah. Like You can't have your... I couldn't have my little pistol, Petey. It says Peter Hooley. Yeah. 
everything is your name, you've verified it with a passport or an ID, and then you're out there. You can't hide behind some bullshit. Yeah, no, I, I 100% Sorry. agree with I'm that. Very, 100% agree with that. Anyway, over to the NBA, Giannis right now. Is there any chance that Giannis... That's it. That is it. They finally worked out. Say <laughs> Can be knocked off for the MVP. Look, I, I wasn't. I wasn't even. He wasn't. He wasn't front of mind for the MVP. For my in my head, I always follow the storylines. I go with LeBron, Luka Doncic, that sort of stuff. Alvin Gentry just came out and said, "There's no way LeBron shouldn't be MVP," which is ridiculous because Giannis is one of the all-time. Best I was the seasons. same though. Yeah. About a month ago, I was like, "LeBron will win MVP," and then Giannis just went mental and had, and then just had 40, 20, and five in like five minutes. <laughs> yeah, after uh, James Harden came out and said that he yeah. doesn't have any skills and he's just seven foot. But anyway, we're running out of time uh, here, so let's jump over to our best sure. bets for this week. I'm going with Melbourne to win Yep, and Perth to win for a nice little cross-country finish for the finals. So rematch of last year. A rematch of last year. I'll jump with you. I've got. I. I want to see Cairns. You're going Cairns? No, I want to see. I, oh, I changed want, it up. You said Cairns to me earlier, Pete. But I. I can't. I can't be a fool and go against the Wildcats. <laughs> you look like an idiot. They prove people wrong every time. I'd love to see Cairns win. Well, that we do a Bryce. good enough job of doing that without the Wildcats. True. So True. anyway, thanks for tuning in, punters. Jump on next week. We're going to be able to review who's going into the grand final series and really, really start to get things heated up. We'll see you next week. <laughs>